I'm going to give you some questions to think about. If you throw a cat out of a car window, does it become kitty litter? Okay. If corn oil comes from corn, where does baby oil come from? <laughs> how, did his, how did a fool and his money get together in the first place? What's another word for thesaurus? Why do they sterilize the needles for lethal injections? Why do they, what do they use to ship styrofoam? Why is abbreviation such a long word? Why do kamikaze pilots well wear helmets? Does fuzzy logic tickle? Why do you call it a TV set when you only get one of them? What was the best thing before sliced bread? Why doesn't glue stick to the inside of the bottle? Uh, can you be a closet claustrophobic? Is it possible to be totally partial? If a book about failures doesn't sell, is it a success? If the funeral procession is at night, do folks turn off their lights? When it rains, why don't sheep shrink? Should vegetarians eat animal crackers? Why isn't phonetic spelled the way it sounds? And why do people sing take me out to the ball game when they're already there? Important questions, no doubt. But this is the one I really want you to consider. What makes a good Unitarian Universalist? And are you a better Unitarian Universalist than you were last year? And how do you know? Now, these questions were raised at our fall conference in a workshop that I went to, for which the facilitator just walked in the room. Isn't that timing? Well, this past week, I went to a meeting that included a broadly varied group of people, some of whom who had traveled into town for the Thanksgiving holiday, unlike the majority of our members. And one man was talking a bit about himself, 
he shared that he had grown up in a faith tradition in which he was taught the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children, All the Children of the World. Then he shared the fact that he had gone to Vietnam. And he said, it didn't work that way there. And in that realization, he had lost every bit of faith in God he had ever had. It was not the way he said it, because he didn't speak with a particularly emotionally evocative tone, nor was it any new or startling idea, because I've heard this story before, or even a sense of feeling sad for the man talking. But for some reason, the coupling of those ideas this week made me start crying. Tears came to my eyes and I got a lump in my throat. He went on to speak of finding a new faith that was rooted in total freedom. (coughs) He found God again. And he found peace that he had not known before. But I'm afraid when he was sharing that part, I was off trying to figure out why I had been so struck by the first part of what he was saying. Later that same day, we went to see the movie Lincoln and sat next to some other people from the church. Accidentally, It was fabulous, just in case you haven't seen it. There, too, things moved me in such a way that again I found myself getting choked up with tears in my eyes and not at sad parts of the movie. But rather, I think, when people said or performed Simple acts of courage and character. Inclusion or kindness. Leaving themselves vulnerable in some way, even if it was only open to criticism, in a particularly unkind and unforgiving environment. The man that had shared his story had made himself vulnerable just by sharing that piece of his story. What I think moved me in both of those instances was the power of surrender before things greater than the individuals.
I think of the quote from Abraham Lincoln. I've been driven many times to bite my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient of that day. How many of us And all of our great understanding that has led us thus far on the path have the capacity to be in surrender like that. It's not defeat. It is far from defeat. For many of us, that kind of... Surrender goes against the grain of who we are and who we have created ourselves to be along long efforts. Surviving things that have been unkind. After all, most of us had to develop independence and backbone to walk away from the comfort of family or from conventional ideas, traditions, whatever they were, and make our way through a forest of faith to a new place because very few of us grew up Unitarian Universalists. Many of us have come because we found within ourselves the temerity to question those in power and authority where we were. To question the very safety nets that held us. Now, in years and decades and generations gone by, people found their way to Unitarianism and to Universalism by reasoning their way through the thoughts of the thinkers. Or after studying sacred literature as taught them by others and arriving at divergent conclusions. While their, their stories varied, were all different. And some of them are truly stories of the hero's journey. In order to arrive at this tradition, many necessarily had to set out on a solo course, value personal truth and integrity, self and spiritual survival, enough to forego whatever acceptance and influence they might have garnered by staying where they were in compliance or in comfort. Now, with some regularity in, in Unitarian Universalist circles, you might hear talk of James Fowler's stages of faith development. Are any of you familiar with that? I would encourage you to do a little research about it because I don't want to go into it very far today. It's built on um, the psychological models of Piaget and Kohlberg 
And Scott Peck wrote a book that did some comparison. Um, well, he, it, he did a simplified version um, of some of those ideas. in a book called A Different Drum. And I don't, if you remember, Scott Peck wrote The Road Less Traveled. Within our tradition, there are people in different stages of faith development. In other traditions, there are people in various stages of faith development. Many Unitarian Universalists are at what Fowler would call stage four. And I want to underscore here, this is not about superiority. This is not about pride any more than aging. But what I want to underscore is the idea that many, for many of us who arrive into Unitarian Universalism as stage four because, because we have reached a point where we've questioned the things we've been taught. Too often that becomes a place that we're comfortable planting our flag, kicking off our shoes, and feeling as though we've completed the journey. But this is not true. Any more than it's true that creation is over. Because we fought to get here and are not always adept at shedding our armor, our opinions, our understandings, truth as we are given to understand the truth often becomes a fortress and we lock ourselves in it the same way that we think other people lock themselves into their traditions. <coughs> Excuse me. Those feelings that have spurred us on, that staunch individualism We don't need to shed them. We don't need to get rid of them. We don't need to abandon our struggles or our striving for justice, for understanding, for peace, for the environment, for education. But the sense of moral outrage that sends us into those circumstances to try to do something works a whole lot better when it's coupled with a sense of moral imagination. Something that can see bigger than where we are right now. Whether you are a self-identified Unitarian Universalist or not, you have come a long journey to be here today. A journey the length of your life.
Your spirit already has the tools and experiences it needs for the changes that lie before you. You are ready for change. The very source of life urges us toward wholeness and healing. The emerging models for peace in the world, the emerging models for sustainable living in the world, all ask us to move beyond our preoccupations with individualism toward a new understanding of community. In a number of books that I've been reading lately, I've, I've read things about how the structures in societies other than the West lend themselves to reconciliation far more successfully because they're not so deeply rooted in this rugged individualism. I'm not asking you to become like anybody else. I'm not asking you to give up your understanding of God or not. But I am suggesting that the capacity arises from inside of us in an organic fashion to move beyond the boxes in which we've often encapsulated ourselves. And it springs from healing. Um, I'd like to end with a few words from James O'Day. He's the former director of Amnesty International and a past president of the Institute of Noetic Sciences. These are not all in one place in his book, um, Cultivating Peace. But I'm going to share a few brief ideas. Deep comfort derived from truly living your values and enjoying friends and family and all the things that nourish your sense of well-being is not peripheral in peace work. He's saying enjoy that. It is the core. It is essential to have a center from which you gather strength, a center from which you can be generous, receive information and affirmation, and experience gratitude. We probably all focused on that a little bit this week. Remember that the wounds of the past often seek cover and hide out in respectable places where they can slowly release their hurt and disaffection. Don't be tempted to fortify yourself so that you're never vulnerable. 
Be open to the attempts of others to reach you in new ways, Healing your wounds from the inside out does not mean you have to heal them on your own. Sometimes you have to wait until you have the strength to fully open. Look for allies. Look for those who are good at helping you to confront fears they see slipping out in some of your opinions and tendencies. Healing does not occur in the fast lane. It is the sound of truth that has the power to heal and open the human spirit like no other sound on earth. You're so beautiful. You are so worthy and so important. Let us encourage one another to growth, like our principle says. Acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. How do we encourage each other to grow? How do we know if we're growing? Let us continue the journey that brought us to this amazing plateau, trusting that what's beyond it is even more magnificent. Let us be intentional about becoming better Unitarian Universalists, but mostly about becoming whole and moving into fuller cooperation with God and mystery and that which is greater than the sum of the parts. I have such faith in you. I have such belief that if we put our minds to it, if we want to, if we choose to, we can make dramatic differences even in small ways in the world around us, in the community around us, in this community in our families. I hope you have half that much faith in yourselves. <laughs>